six of our sermon series this morning. We've been talking about Pentecost, and I'm just so thrilled uh, that we are experiencing the presence of Jesus in ways that I've been longing for for a long time. And uh, just keep waiting, and just keep pursuing, and just keep trusting God that he's going to move amazing in amazing ways in your heart and life, and I know he's going to do it. Uh, If you'll go with me to the book of Acts once again, we're going to be in chapter number 3. One day a large male lion decided to make sure that all the other animals in the the, uh, uh, what do you call it? Jungle, thank you. All the other animals in the jungle knew that he was the master, so he went to a gazelle And he asked the gazelle, actually he roared to the gazelle, and he said, Who is the king of the jungle? And trembling, the gazelle answered, Why, you are, mighty lion. Well, that wasn't good enough, so he went next to the zebra, and he roared, Zebra, who is the king of the jungle? And fearful, the zebra answered, Why, you are, mighty lion. Then he went to the monkey and roared, Who is the king of the jungle? And startled, the monkey answered, Why, you are, O mighty king. Well, finally, full of himself by that time, the lion went to the elephant. And he roared to the elephant, Who is the king of the jungle, elephant? And the elephant reached out and grabbed the lion with his trunk and whirled him around in the air like a top and then body slammed him to the ground several times and then flattened him against a large boulder. The beaten, bruised, and battered lion then struggled to his feet, looked at the elephant, and he said, Look, just because you don't know the answer doesn't mean you have to take it so personally. (laughs) Now, I relate that story to you because like the lion in that story, the purpose of power... is not to make sure that everyone knows how powerful we are. In the animal kingdom, and tragically too often in the human realm, power is often used as a tool of intimidation and subjugation. And for many people, that's what the perks of having power are all about. Power to dominate, power to control, power to to dictate, uh, power to even ultimately destroy. But I want you to listen carefully to what I'm going to say to you right now. Power in the kingdom of God is entirely for a different purpose. The power that Jesus promised and provided through the person of the Holy Spirit is not power intended to intimidate or to impress. It is power to impact. Power to impact. You see, when God laid out his plan for the world, his desire was for his his human creation to be made whole. God's all about wholeness. Perhaps you've heard of Lloyd John Ogilvy. Pastor Ogilvy was once the chaplain of the United States Senate. 
He's a renowned author and a, a very, very educated, very well-spoken man. And he once said this regarding Pentecost. He said, and I quote, the power of Pentecost is for people. What happened at Pentecost happened for the paralysis of the world. The Holy Spirit, Christ in the present tense, is for the healing of people in the present age. The excitement and enthusiasm of the infilling of the Holy Spirit was to create a people through whom the Lord could continue his ministry of restoration and healing. A new age was born, Christ was alive in his people, and they were now equipped to do what he had done and the greater things that he promised that we would do. Communicating his love and bringing people to himself. Again, the power of Pentecost is for people. It's God's answer for the paralysis of the world. Now, if you agree with that, and I pray that you do, if you analyze that in long enough, you have to ask yourself some questions. And the questions are very basic, but they're going to be the topic of which I'm going to speak to you about this morning. The first question that you need to ask yourself is, have I been filled with the person and the power of the Holy Spirit? The second question that you need to consider is, has being filled with the nature and the abilities of the Holy Spirit equipped me to minister to people who are in need? Are the giftings of the Holy Spirit being used in my life to intimidate, to impress, or to impact? We have to understand that in spite of God's desire for wholeness for our world, that sin and the effects of sin has shattered the world that we live in and caused this world to become fractured. Now you're in Acts chapter number 3, and I want us to examine this morning just a brief passage of Scripture in that chapter beginning with verse number 1. Now Peter and John were going up together to the temple complex at the hour of prayer at three in the afternoon. And a man who was lame from his mother's womb was carried there and placed every day at the temple gate called Beautiful so that he could beg from those entering the temple complex. When he saw Peter and John about to enter the temple complex, he asked for help. Peter, along with John, looked at him intently and said, Look at us. So he turned to them, expecting to get something from them. But Peter said, I have neither silver nor gold, but what I have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ the Nazarene, get up and walk. And then taking him by the right hand, he raised him up, and at once his feet and ankles became strong. So he jumped up, stood, and started to walk, and he entered the temple complex with them, walking, leaping, and praising God. All the people saw him walking and praising God, and they recognized that he was the one who used to sit and beg at the beautiful gate of the temple complex. So they were filled with awe and astonishment at what had happened to him. 
Perhaps it would be important for us to understand that the writer to what I call this Gospel of Acts was a doctor whose name was Luke, the same Luke who gave us the Gospel of Luke. And it's important for us to understand that because what is happening here is a physical healing of a a malformity, I guess you could call it, that this that had afflicted this man from his birth for many, many years. And so when Luke, the doctor, writes these words, as any doctor would do, Luke doesn't say, well, it probably happened because he's been taking the medication that I provided for him. No, he didn't say that. Luke tells us very specifically... When Peter and John said, such as we have, we give to you in the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, rise up and walk. Luke is acknowledging that when that man rose up and strength came to his feet and to his ankle bones and he began to walk around leaping and praising God, Luke, the doctor, is acknowledging that a supernatural touch brought healing to this man's body. Um... You know, I I like to imagine Scripture, how it would look if I were there to have witnessed what happened. Peter and John, they're on their way to the temple for praying as they did every day. And their attention, once again, is caught by an incapacitated beggar. Now, I'm guessing, since the Scriptures tell us that he had been sitting at the gate beautiful for many years, that, that uh, they were accustomed to seeing him there. But something on this particular day caught their attention when the man cried out to them for help. Was this a, a special day? What had changed? What, what brought their attention to this man in a way that they had never before noticed? I believe that what happened was Acts chapter number 2. Because in Acts chapter number 2, Peter and John experienced the coming of the Holy Spirit that would now empower them and enable them to do things that they never thought possible to be done through their own ministry. Think about that. I, I, I mean... They've been walking by there day by day, seeing this man begging. And if it were me, uh, I'd be walking along and the man would say, Hey, can you give me some money to help my need? And I would probably reach for my pocket to see if I remembered my billfold that day. And if I had a giving heart, I would probably have contributed to his need. But notice that Peter didn't look to see if he had his wallet. He just said, what I do have, I give to you. What did he have? He had the most powerful force known to mankind. The power of the Holy Spirit of God living and working through him. Luke tells us that the man jumped up. Um, (laughs) This is is like the suddenness of 
of a socket coming back into place. The, the bones all of a sudden connect as they were supposed to do. The socket comes into place and, and the instantaneous healing of a joint all of a sudden strengthens this man's legs. He had no strength in his legs. He'd been laying around for so long. But something supernatural happened in this man's body. And he jumped to his feet. And, and Peter and John had, had spoken words of healing to him. And they, they reach for him and he reaches for them and he's, he's instantaneously healed. And think about this, friends. A man who has never walked or stood up in his entire life begins to walk and leap. And praise God. Wow. Crowds began to gather in amazement as this crippled man that they'd known for many, many years is now miraculously healed. That's what happened. But now we have to consider, why did it happen? Why did it happen in the way that it did? Well, I find that there are at least three reasons why this miracle took place. The first of which is faithfulness. You'll remember that I read that Peter and John were on their way to the temple for prayer at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. They were being faithful to do what they needed to be doing. Uh, they were faithful to what they knew to do that God, so that God would work miraculously through them. It's been said, and I believe rightfully so, that when we do, when we, let me get it right, when we do what we know, we'll know what to do. When we do what we know, we'll know what to do. One of the keys to this miracle taking place was what I like to refer to as the God-connectedness of these disciples. It enabled them, and hear this, it enabled them to be the right men in the right place at precisely the right time. You know what Brenda and I have always prayed in regard to the ministry that God has given to us? That we would be, that I would be God's man. We would be in the right place at the right time. I think we should all pray that prayer. Because when you pray that prayer, God will put you in situations where you will have the opportunity to minister to people who can, whose situations can be healed and touched because the Holy Spirit of God resides within you. Now, I know that might seem scary to some of us. Uh, oh, oh, God, don't put me in one of those situations where I have to pray for somebody or, or have to pray for their healing. Let me tell you what, friends, I don't think Peter gave it a second thought. I, I don't think he looked at John and pulled his pocket out and said, what do we do? I, don't, I forgot my wallet. Without hesitation, he said, he looked at the man intently, and he said, silver and gold, I don't have. But what I do have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he did. He gave the man what he really needed. Did he do it in his own strength? Not a chance. He did it because he had now been empowered by the Holy Spirit of God. Uh, 
A second reason for the miracle, I believe, is focus. I said that Peter looked at him intently, as did John. I know that there are needs that we come across with regularity. And as often happens, we, we become so accustomed to the neediness of the situations and the people around us that we sometimes lose focus on how needy they really are. Uh, friends, what we need to do is not just notice needs. We need to focus on needs. Focus on the needs of people. Here's a question for you. Why do you think Peter and John focused on this beggar this particular morning? Why was it at this particular time that they couldn't ignore the same beggar's calls that they'd probably heard day after day for many, many months? They couldn't ignore his crippled condition. The answer to both of those questions is that the Jesus who heard, who heard this man's begging, Jesus had always heard this man's need. Jesus had always been aware of how needy this man was. But the difference was this morning, uh, on this particular morning, that when, they, when the disciples saw this man's need, because of the empowering of the Holy Spirit that lived within them, they noticed his need in a way that they'd never noticed before. They noticed the same need that Jesus had been aware of all along. And they also knew that they now had the power to give this man what he really needed. Um, when Christ's focus becomes our focus, I, I, I often pray, Lord, help me to see people the way that you see them. And, and, you know, often when I pray that, I'm thinking, okay, the lostness of their condition, uh, how Jesus loves them no matter where they've been or what they've done or who they've done it with. And, and, and that's applicable too. But it's just as important when it comes to people's physical needs. We need Jesus' focus on them. Jesus knew that this man had a desperate need to be healed, but somehow Jesus had never caught anyone's attention to the fact that this man needed healing. Well, guess what? After the Holy Spirit came, it brought their focus into a much clearer picture. And when they saw the man's need, it's like, oh, hey, we can give him something this morning. And what they gave him, friends, not only changed his life, it changed the lives of many who witnessed what they had given him. Now, our spirit-focused attention on an overlooked life can be more life-changing than you can ever imagine. Let me say that again. Our spirit-focused attention on a life that has been overlooked in many ways is more life-changing than we could ever imagine. And that brings me to the third reason for this miracle, why it happened... Is fullness. Verse number 6 says these words, I have neither silver nor gold, but what I have I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ the Nazarene. Get up and walk. The key phrase is, but what I have. This phrase can also be translated in this way. What I've been given, what I've been filled with, I'm now giving it to you. 
What had Peter and John been given? They had been given supernatural abilities by the Holy Spirit of God to meet the needs of this man. There were several of those abilities or gifts in operation here. Obviously, they had the gift of discernment. They discerned what his real need was. They had the gift of faith. I mean, you don't just toss out words in the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, rise up and walk without having some faith, right? So they had the gift of faith in operation. They had the gift of healing in operation. They, had, they incorporated the gift of miracul- the miraculous. The Holy Spirit filled these two disciples, Peter and John, with the tools that were necessary to touch and to transform this crippled beggar. And friends, he will do the same for every one of us. He will give us the tools necessary to touch and to impact the lives of people. Last week we talked about the message, or the title of the message was Empowered. This week's message is Empowered to Impact. We we, we don't want to use our power to intimidate or to impress We use the power that God has given us to make an impact. How many of you think they made an impact on this beggar? Yeah. You see, when Jesus came, his redemption gave the world hope for its healing. Remember, I said a while ago, the world has become fractured. When the Holy Spirit came through the person of Jesus, he gave the world hope. That it could experience wholeness once again. And friends, let me just take a little, little tiny rabbit trail here for just a moment. That's what the gifts of the Spirit are for. I mean, you go to 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and 15, and you read all about the gifts of the Spirit. But that's what they're for. That's why we are to desire them. They're not to be used as trophies. They're not toys. They're not talents that we have. They aren't traits. They are tools. Tools that God has given us that we can put in our toolbox, so to speak, that will will touch and transform people by the power of God. And not just that, but they're not a tool that you need to go hunt for and dig out every once in a while. They're tools that are to be used for every day. Every day, everywhere. And they are essential for life-changing ministry. It's at this point that I'm going to remind you of something. Do you know who the ministers are in this church? Yeah, you. You said, well, I thought that's what we were paying you for. No. No. I'm the equipper. I'm the one whom God has sent to equip you with the tools to do the work of ministry. I can't go where you folks go every day. I can't can't encounter the people that you folks encounter every day. So because of that, I need to give you the tools to impact the people that you come in contact with every day. It's for all of them. That's why we are told in Scripture that we are to earnestly desire or earnestly seek spiritual gifts. Without those spiritual gifts, friends, you're on your own. Uh, Can I just tell you, you aren't going to cut it. 
You're not going to cut it on your own. You need the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. We don't have what it takes to change lives. But the Holy Spirit does. Now we've considered what happened. We've considered why it happened. Lastly, let me consider this. Can it happen today? By that I mean, can it still happen in the modern day church just like it did at the gate of the temple for Peter and John? You see, Jesus healed in many ways. Every one of those ways in which Jesus healed were miraculous, and, and we can't ever lose sight of that fact. Um, I did a word study a couple weeks ago when I put this message together, and I want to share the, the findings of, of this study for you. 21 times Jesus healed through his spoken word. 13 times Jesus healed by touching someone. Nine times, people were healed in the course of Jesus preaching and teaching. Eight times, Jesus healed people by driving out demons from them. Another eight times, he healed because someone other than the sick person demonstrated faith in him, and therefore healing was brought about through them. On seven occasions, Jesus healed because the sick person had faith. Four times, Jesus healed because he was moved with compassion upon someone's need. And at least one time, Jesus, was, Jesus healed when someone just touched him. Yeah. The hem of his garments. Listen carefully, friends. Not one of those miracles were any more amazing than another. Jesus healed in a variety of different ways. And Jesus can still heal today in a variety of different ways. But the way in which it has to be done is through that most powerful force in the entire universe, the Holy Spirit of God. Working in and through his people. Yeah. We need the miraculous in the church today. I, I'm not saying this. You know, I've, I've had so many people say, Well, if I could just see a miracle, I would believe. Really? How much evidence do you need? <laughs> I mean... We are approaching the longest day of the year, three weeks, June 21st. And after that, the days start getting shorter. You know what I've noticed? That happens every year. Oh, well, it just happened because of coincidence. Let me tell you something about Dink. <laughs> Jesus put it in order. Have you noticed we have, well, I shouldn't say that because here in Kansas we all have, we have four seasons sometimes in the same week. But we have four seasons in which in one of those seasons leaves fall off the trees. One of those seasons leaves start budding on the trees. One of the seasons can be very cold. One of the seasons can be very Hot and humid, amen? They happen at the same time every year. 
That's not by accident. God has miraculously put this whole world in order. He's, he's, he's in control. He's, he's up there just doing what he does. <laughs> he keeps the world together. And he hasn't changed. We need the miraculous in the church today. Just like Gary testified about. We need to see people being healed. We need to see strength come to people's limbs. We need to see cancer being overcome and overpowered by the Holy Spirit of God. And those who have it experiencing the joy of going to a doctor who with his eyes open wide and his mouth equally as wide open says, it's gone. And then we just, when we have those opportunities, we don't just say, well, thank you for that chemotherapy. Thank you for that radiation. It brought healing to me. Oh, friends, you're missing out on a great opportunity. Just say, if it's gone... It's because of the power of Jesus in the person of the Holy Spirit has brought healing and restoration to this body. It's a miracle. Don't be afraid to say the word. We are living in a generation of what is called postmodern people. I'll explain it in just a moment. But postmodern people are too, too broken to be fixed through simple human caregiving. They need to be pieced back together, friends, through the supernatural healing of Jesus through his body, the church. And when I'm talking about postmodern people, that term as it relates to Christianity simply means that the Christian message or the gospel is no longer relevant in today's culture. We have a generation of people who believe that. The gospel's old-fashioned. It's no longer applicable. It no longer means anything. That's postmodern people. But with that definition in mind, let me repeat what I just said. Postmodern people are too broken to be fixed through simple human caregiving. They need to be pieced back together through the supernatural healing of Jesus through his body, the church. So can what happened here in Acts chapter 3 happen today? It has to. And it has to for two vitally important reasons. One, only God's power can put broken people back together again. And secondly, the demonstration of God's power readied people for the declaration of God's word. Here's what I mean by that. As a result of this miracle in Acts chapter number 3, crowds gathered... They, they saw that this was something supernatural that had taken place. And because of the supernatural, they gathered together. And what did they do when they came together? They heard the gospel. Because they couldn't miss the reality of the miracle. I pray that that's what happens. That we begin to see and to be witnesses of the miraculous. All for the purpose of showing the world, hey, this is what the power of Jesus can do. And this is what his gospel will bring to your life. Because they can't be fixed by simple human caregiving. 
They have to be fixed by the supernatural power of Jesus through us. Another example of that is found in Acts chapter number 8, if you want to go there real quickly. It's just the simple story of a, of a man whose name was Philip. Verse 5 says, Philip went down to a city in Samaria and preached the Messiah to them. The crowds paid attention with one mind to what Philip said as they heard and they saw the things that he was performing. For unclean spirits crying out with a loud voice came out of many who were possessed. And many who were paralyzed and lame were healed. So there was great joy in the city. I just have a feeling that if the supernatural power of God begins to make itself known in regularity through this church, our city's going to notice. Our community's going to notice. And when they do, we're going to have the opportunity to tell them how it happened. It happened through the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit working through God's people. Now I would guess that there are people in this room this morning who have heard the gospel and who came to Jesus as the result of the power of Pentecost. And I'm also quite sure that you understand that I'm not just talking this morning about physical manifestations of healing. That's one part of it. I'm talking about miraculous visitations of God's Spirit into hopeless situations that, that turn those who are in those situations, turn their lives around. Man, that's, that's what I want to see more than anything. I mean, I want to see miracles of, of physical healing too, don't get me wrong. But I want to see lives who have been destroyed by the cares of this world put back together by Jesus and see their lives begin to change and transform day by day, week by week. God's purpose, friends, in sending his Holy Spirit to us was so that a broken, paralyzed world could be pieced back together through the ministry of the church. And that kind of healing became reality when the Holy Spirit of God came. So I'm praying that in the next few weeks and months that we will be witnesses to things like broken families being put back together. That we will see ruined lives being given new life. That we will see hopeless situations finding possibilities. All because of the power of God flowing in and through God's people here at Trinity Faith. How will it happen? Same way it happened with those disciples. Because of faithfulness. Being faithful to what we know to do in terms of praying and praising God. And that will cause God to work miraculously through us and in us. Again, it's God-connectedness. That enablement to be the right men or the right women in the right place at the right time. It will also happen as a result of focus. When Christ's focus becomes our focus we'll find that we can't take our eyes off the needs of people that have perhaps previously been overlooked. And lastly, it will happen because of fullness. We minister with what we've been given. And as you've heard me say over and over, what we've been given are the abilities of the Holy Spirit of God to meet needs. 
Jacob worship team, would you come please? How about that? It's before noon. Maybe you're here this morning and you know in your heart that the Holy Spirit has sent has been sent to you, but you're not being used to fulfill the purpose that he has for you. All I can say to you, friends, is earnestly seek, earnestly desire the gifts of the Holy Spirit to become an operative in your life. Again, because without them, you're on your own. You're on your own, and we don't have the power to do what it takes to change and transform lives. Every head bowed, every eye closed. When I, when I say that this is what I've been praying, I, I want to see I want to see this church become effective. I want to see us become effective in helping to turn seemingly impossible situations around. I, I want to see equally as much the many, many people around us who desperately need healing, whether it be physical or emotional or spiritual. And I, I guess the most comforting thing that that I find in this entire discussion about Pentecost and the coming of the Holy Spirit into the lives of God's people is this. If the Holy Spirit can do that in the life of someone like Simon Peter, <laughs> he can do it in any of us. Do you believe that this morning? If he can do that in the life of a guy who less than eight weeks prior to this happening denied the Lord Jesus vehemently on three occasions in Jesus' most important hour. Eight weeks later, he's giving people what he's been given and they're healed. If Jesus can do that through the Simon Peters of this world, he can do it through us. Any one of us. We can become ministers of Christ's healing to a broken world. Jesus, I, I know that you've been hearing my, my heart for many, many months now praying that you would help me to lead this congregation, help me to equip this congregation to become a spirit-led, spirit-walking, spirit-talking group of people through whom the power of God can be made known to those who need it most. And, and Lord, last Sunday, I saw that. I, I saw that as people were 
standing on this altar area seeking and waiting on you longing for that empowerment to make a difference in their world and and God I don't know if that was just a teaser or if that was just the beginning of what is going to be a mighty outpouring of your spirit in our midst but Lord I'm choosing the latter that in the days and weeks ahead we're going to see things take place that could only happen as the result of a supernatural power of God working through us so Lord I'm praying that this morning your people will continue to seek will continue to wait and when that empowerment comes that they they won't be the same person that they were before but they will become literally walking, talking messengers of the good news of Jesus. Whether it be through praying for people's healing, leading people to the Lord, putting families back together. God, that's the miracles that we want to see. And Jesus, we we commit ourselves to the process of waiting. Lord, in that process, help us not to keep our eyes just upward looking for your return. But that our eyes would gain the focus that you have of people all around us who are hurting. People who need the impact of the gospel upon their lives. Would you stand with me, please? Jacob's playing a song that we sang earlier. I don't know how you sang it the first time, but the way that I want you to sing it this time is if truly you are desiring to welcome the Holy Spirit, not only into our church, but more importantly into your life sing these words as an invitation 